Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim alongside Amy Audibert bringing you all the women's basketball news and analysis, whatever that we can fit in the 30 to 40 minute show because we're going to go long. I, I feel like that should be the tagline <laughs> for our Monday shows. We're going to go long. Amy, how you doing? <laughs> I'm good. Like you said, like there, there's always so much, right. That we can, we can <laughs> chat. And so it's like, do we talk just through the highlights, but then, you know, our opinions or I don't know, but yeah, like, listen, this week's no different. There, there is definitely some stuff to get out. <laughs> yes. No, there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, we're not engaging in any of the ridiculous greatest of all time debates featuring the uh, Patriots slash Bucks quarterback because I really don't like him and neither could you. Uh, and the game last night was super boring. We know. Okay, no, well, you know no, what? I'm just saying, you just opened that door. I do like Tom Brady. Uh, so we will just have to move on because this is a women's yes. basketball show and this one could go on. Don't do it. But I am getting that in there to our, our listeners. Um, we do a disagree Fine. on that one. <laughs> Fine. Moving on to the actual big news of the day. Nothing that happened yesterday was exciting and or interesting. We're going to talk about something that is both exciting and interesting. Tonight, Amy, tonight, we have a one versus two matchup in women's college basketball. South Carolina snags a number one ranking uh, after NC State lost because they were going to be number one, and then they lost. We'll talk about NC State Louisville in just a second. But regardless, South Carolina is now number one. UConn moves in at number two. They play each other tonight in Gamble Pavilion in stores, Connecticut. And, oh, my God, I cannot believe this game is happening because I remember we circled this one early on. We circled this one. And we were like, please just let this game happen. Please just let this game happen. And for a while there, it looked like it wasn't because there was a lot of games getting canceled, and now it's happening. Amy, how do you – just like the spectacle of this, how do you feel about it? I listen. So first of all, let's talk about where you said it was Gamble Pavilion. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to call some NCAA tournament games there. Um, I've played there. If you haven't been there, you walk in and you do immediately. A lot of teams, the game's over before the volume goes up. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is literally collaged with banners, championships, Hall of Fame. And, and so when you're a, a college basketball player and you just kind of like take that in, a lot of times the game's over before it starts. Not with USC. Mm-hmm. I think that this group is like, they know what it is. They embrace it. They're excited to do it. And they're back to number number one, right? On the on the AP poll. So yep. they are, um, I think they're excited for this. I will say this. You know, when you look at Connecticut, huge kudos to them. Because remember, they didn't play their first game until December 12th. They are now 13 and one. And, you know, like, even though their season has been just as, top as everyone else in terms of up and down they're looking really good where connecticut um this is normal to them but it's hard still is they don't get the opportunity to play a whole lot of ranked teams because Mm -hmm. of their in-conference opponents so i think when they got canceled their baylor game got canceled that was tough right because i think baylor was probably top five six or seven at the time that got canceled right so yeah they play depaul and in biggie's play and they beat him by 23 they beat him by 33 they beat a ranked team in Tennessee uh, by six points. Well, this is the big test. This is number one coming into their house. Uh, but when you look at USC, 
and I always look at who they what they do against ranked opponents. They're also taking care of business. You look at their ranked wins in January alone. They beat Kentucky by five. They beat Arkansas by 22, Georgia by 12, Mississippi State by 23. They're doing what they should be doing as well. And so, like you said, I think this game is like both teams are like, let's go. All right, mm-hmm. it's time. And uh, I couldn't tell you exactly where I think it's going to end up. This is going to, as you know, it's going to be who, who hits shots tonight. Uh, so I have a good, I, I have, I have a very strong opinion on where I think it's going to end up. But first I did want to like, that's going to, what you said about teams walking in to Gamble and you see all, you see all the championship banners and the super Diana Taurasi, all the great players. That's not going to scare South Carolina. That's going to piss them off. Like you have, you have given them a reason to be mad and mm-hmm. giving South Carolina a reason to be mad is a bad idea. Cause this team, they'll take anything. That's what. That's why uh, Coach Daly is such a good coach. She makes sure that this team understands how to motivate itself. And obviously, you should. You won't need motivation for a one versus two matchup. But they. She's always going to look for that little edge. I'm sure when she's looking in there, she's like, I don't care about Diana Taurasi. Put her down. Put Sue Bird down. Make sure they're sad. All the UConn. All the UConn players are going to be calling this game. Make sure they're sad calling this game. Um, it actually is on FS1, so it's not on ESPN. So there may be. I don't know who's doing the game. Actually, uh, it's at 7 p.m. on FS1. Um, but you know, uh, I think South Carolina is going to going to win. I think they're going to do it pretty convincingly um, because I really love UConn. I love their talent. Uh, I think they have they have a nice they have a nice group of players. They're really young though. That's my, that's my thing. It's like this team is being, is being led by freshmen and not that they can't go well, as we saw with South Carolina last year. But when you get in these big high level games, it's hard to win when your leaders, not, not that, you know, Kristen Williams is here, Avina Westbrook is here, Olivia Nelson and is here. Those are juniors that have a lot of experience and, and won't be free of the moment. I just don't know how much I want to rely on freshmen in this type of atmosphere with specifically this team in South Carolina, because this team's going to smack you in the mouth. This team is going to smack you in the mouth. So I, I think uh, that uh, South Carolina is going to win. I think it's going to have a lot to do with the Leah Boston. Cause again, I love Olivia Nelson, the Dota. I don't think she has the, uh, the, the uh, let's see, what's the word I'm trying to look for here. The girth. That's not a good word. Uh, size, just like the muscle, the muscle. The, yeah, yeah, I, I hear muscle. Yeah. She doesn't have the muscle to stand up to Leah Boston. I think she, Leah's just going to rick stuff on both ends. So I'm yeah. going with South Carolina. Do you want to make a prediction or do you not? Well, I'm obviously going to just go with UConn now. I mean, we can't agree, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I think the rebuttal, right. Is can Nelson Adota get up and down the court quick? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's going to play a huge factor in, right? Um, don't forget, UConn, as of going into last weekend, number four offense in the country, averaging 87 points per game. And and so uh, where I'm excited to see the statistical matchup is Destiny Henderson and mm-hmm. Paige Beckers. Beckers is averaging 25 and just under six assists per game. Destiny's averaging 12, five, just uh, right around six assists per game. And I don't know how much they actually go head to head, but just in terms of how both of those players are able to get theirs, but then also facilitate an offense. Um, Yeah. Listen, now you're going, you're going USC. I've got to take UConn. Um, But either way, 
just like yesterday without going to there, just hoping for a good game. You know, yeah, just just really want you got two really good teams at this point in the season that should be feeling pretty good about where they stand with the opportunity to still get some work done here. Uh, just a, a great opportunity for both teams to come out and, and play a good basketball game. And let's talk yeah. about the coaching matchup for a second too. Like, you know, Gino and Don, like, let, you know, like, let's go off the court on the side. I'm also really excited to see that type of dynamic and that chess match as well. Yeah. I'm trying to, um, I don't know if Anna Makara is playing. That would kind of change a little bit of my, I haven't seen if she is playing or not. I feel like I would have seen it if she was, because she, she's a very important player. Um, but she, I mean, she was out indefinitely for a while ago. So I don't know, but yeah, I, I think it, I hope I'm with you. I think it's going to be a good game. Um, but if I'm, if I'm taking someone in a, in a close game, I'm going to take, I'm going to take South Carolina just cause they, they kind of know each other a little bit more. They have a little bit more experience together. Um, and plus they have showed that they could beat up on Arkansas. They beat Arkansas by 22 and Arkansas beat UConn. Um, it's not scientific. I understand that, but that is important to me because I think, um, you know, UConn struggled a little bit in the clutch there uh, to, against, against Arkansas. And, they, and like you mentioned, they haven't played these kind of close games against really good teams. So we have other games to talk about tonight, Amy. I don't know if you knew this. There's a <laughs> yeah. lot of other stuff. Uh, so we have we have another big game happening at the same exact time uh, in women's basketball with Oregon and Arizona going up against each other. We have WNBA news. We have to talk about Crystal Langhorne's hiring and her amazing career. Uh, we have to talk about NC State and Louisville. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. So we're going to take a quick, quick, quick break, and we'll be right back with more Locked On Women's Basketball. This episode of Locked On Women's Basketball is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, InStyle Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today using only diamonds, responsibly stored from Botswana, but 10 designers, design masters, have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now at BlueNile.com. And when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it has, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball. I want to remind you that we are not the only host on this podcast feed on Tuesdays and Thursdays. you got Erica Ayala. And then on Fridays, you got Howard Megdell bringing up the caboose with your big Friday interview Highly recommend subscribing. Uh, give us a rating. Give us a review. Let us know what we did right. Let us know what we did wrong. Shouts to the person who listened to us, to our SEC preview, and then yelled at us for not mentioning Mississippi State more. Um, again, this is only a 30-minute show, so we can only mention so much. And we were right on Mississippi State. Moving on, though, to the ACC. Let's talk about NC State and Louisville. Um, really, like, so Louisville is important. I want to talk about NC State, though, because I think they represent like how weird 
this season is. Let's talk about uh, NC State season. So they beat South Carolina, the team that we we both think is a rightful number one, and, and they're going to have a really good game tonight. As we mentioned, that that was kind of the first uh, big thing that happened in their season was NC State beating uh, South Carolina. Then they come down. They kind of look shaky for a little while. We talk about them. We're like, yeah, hey, winning's great. And then they lose to Virginia Tech by 12 in overtime. Then they come back and and beat the doors really off of Louisville handily on the road. Then their next game, they lose to NC State. I mean, lose to UNC by seven. So um, what what is happening with NC State? And, and why, I, I mean, I don't understand if there's a why, but just how weird is it to have this team that's beaten the number one, has been two number one teams and now has lost to two unranked teams? Yeah, like you said, welcome to um, the a college basketball season in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, yes. So let's just for let's for just for a second, you know, talk about one of their best players and arguably, I think you could say one of the best players in the country, oh, yeah. Alyssa Kinane. Uh, before that game at Louisville, which they did, you mentioned they won by 14 points on February 1st. Her last game on the court was January 3rd mm-hmm. because she tested positive for COVID-19. Okay. And, you know, you listen, I, I read an article and I'm, and I'm apologize. I don't remember the author at the top of my head, but it was actually her mom um, talked about how her daughter tests positive in the middle of college basketball. And she felt, didn't feel great. Definitely had symptoms, mm-hmm. but pushed herself, like got up and moved around as much as she she could because so many people told her they more active you stay. Then she has to get things like she has to get an, an electrocardiogram yeah. before she's cleared to play. Think of how like mentally crazy this is. That is that is a test that says if you've had inflammation of your heart muscle, if it's safe for you to return to play. And, you know, she did have her family say your long term health is not worth this. Right. So then her first game back was at Louisville. How incredible is that? She played 30 minutes. Went seven, seven for nine from the field, put up 16, grabbed six rebounds. Absolutely incredible for what, not even physically, but also mentally she had to with, you know, go through. And so you look at the Virginia tech loss, well, they played without her. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so then you think, yeah, so it goes kind of to your point, right? You think that they're going to absolutely take over (laughs) at at North Carolina and, and they don't win that basketball game. When I, when I look back at that game, you know, NC State went four for 19 from the three. North mm-hmm. Carolina went 11 for 26. A lot more points from long for North Carolina. North Carolina also outscored them by 10 points, right? Or 27 to 17. So that means mm-hmm. that NC State gave up 27 points in the fourth quarter. To me, that, that's the ball game. Right. So, you know what I mean? So, so I, 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 we keep saying this every week. You're, we talk, it's funny. And it kind of like ironic to what we just said, like, you know, the number one team this year has never really felt totally like the number one, you know what I mean? And the number mm-hmm. two and, you know, NC state number four team in the country gives up 27 points to an unranked team. And that's just kind of the year that, it's just been we're weird. dealing with, and it's no disrespect to, uh, again, I, I really, I, I, I'm excited for tonight for that one, two matchup. Um, but I just wouldn't be putting any money into Vegas this year. Like, let's just, nope. <laughs> let's just say, leave it at that. What yes. do you think, and Dave? Tell us, tell I us mean, what you think. <laughs> I, I think it's crazy. And, you know, good. I think NC State just kind of, um, 
You know, I'd like their ceiling personally. Like, so I'm, I'm yeah. still, I'm still high on NC state, but it's just great. It's a crazy year. And this is all going to happen um, as it does. And it's, it's been crazy. I mean, we talked about Stanford who didn't play at home for like two months this season that was still ranked number one. And now they're ranked number five after coming back home. Right. It's like, just it, it all is not going to make sense. And we're going to get to a point um, that we're going to get to the tournament. By the way, the tournament is being held all in San Antonio this year. Uh, not entirely sure all the contours there, but that's where it's going to be held. When we know more, we'll talk about it on this podcast. But it's just like, we'll get there. And that's when we're going to have to sort all this out. Not that that's not like, that's not that rare in college basketball, but I think this year, for anyone to say with any certainty, like, I know this team's going to be in the final four. And no, you don't, because yeah, anything can happen. Yeah, that's can one happen. game in the tournament, right? And even the Louisville loss game, just really quickly, like, again, it goes to your point. Dana Evans, one of the best players in the country, drops 29 points. But Keanu Smith and Hanley Van Lith combined six for 21 from the mm-hmm. field. Like, you need, like, when you're number one in the country, you expect, like, a certain standard right mm-hmm. and if one player is not there on a game that's fine but you usually have other ones that kind of really step up and so just again to your point it's just this like there's no guarantee what an ncaa tournament looks like when you're one and done we're seeing yeah. it we're seeing it every single night it almost feels like right like every other night when these top teams are getting beat by unranked opponents it's probably the most consistent it's ever been i'd say at least as as, as as consistent as I can remember. It's it's the most consistently crazy year we've had. <laughs> um, but speak, I do want to talk about quickly, uh, yes. Oregon, Arizona, tonight, 7 p.m. on ESPN2. If that sounds familiar, it's because it's at the same exact time as UConn, South Carolina. I don't know who planned this, but I got a big problem with whoever did this because now I'm going to have to watch two games at once, and that's very difficult for me because I'm not I'm not that not that quick <laughs> on everything. But we're going to have a great game here in uh, – where is this game? Actually, I didn't really – this is in Eugene. Okay, so this is in Oregon. Oregon's at home, 10 versus 11. Uh, I, you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about with this game, but I think Tiana Pow Pow, who even if she never scored a point, I would mention her on a podcast talking about Oregon because her name is amazing. But she's also one of Oregon's best players going up against Ari McDonald, who's one of the best players in the country. That's going to be an awesome matchup right there at the point guard position. I think that's what's going to define this game. And I think I'd go with McDonald just because I know more about her. She has more experience. I'm going with experience now. That's my whole thing. But it's going to be an awesome game because Oregon sneakily still one of the best teams in the country. Yeah. You know, what's funny. I have the exact opposite written down, which is mm. why like this works. Right. Um, to me, this game's about the size and, okay. uh, you know, o- Oregon's got six, seven Sedona Prince and six, five Niara Sabley, who, by the way, took over last game where yes. they kind of snuck past UC Davis and, and Arizona really, when you look at who they consistently give minutes to inside, it's Kate reset six, two, Trinity Baptiste at six footer, Sam Thomas is another six footer. And so can, is this going to, are they just going to run up and down and up and down and up and down? Or is there, it's going to be a bit more catering to the sides. And, and that's the matchup where I think whoever wins that chess match, I think is going to win. But, you know, also like uh, yesterday, a news came out that Taylor Chavez and, and Maddie sure might be still listed out for Oregon okay. with, that was not actually released through the team before we started talking today. I just checked, but that was through local. So um, not starters, but definitely when you look at these top 10 type matchups, you need more than five players, right? Mm -hmm. You probably need seven, Mm -hmm. eight. Um, So 
like we have been saying, who's healthy, who's got the bodies, um, that who played. And don't forget, Oregon was this game was supposed to happen, I think, on Friday night last week. But Oregon yeah, didn't have did. enough players um, cleared to play. So they ended up playing UC Davis on Saturday because they were able to get enough players. So again, like you look at all, we're sitting here talking about basketball, what we think might happen on the court. Like there's just so much going into these games, right? Yeah. Uh, So we'll see. And I mean, even Arizona, they haven't played since January 22nd now. So it's like their first game smack. Like, you know what I mean? There's no, and these two teams have met before on actually a couple about three weeks ago, January 14th, Arizona won that 57 to 41. I would be very surprised if Oregon scores 41 points in a basketball yes. game. Their highest well, scoring quarter in that game, I think was 15 points. That's not Oregon basketball. That's not what we're used to seeing. And yeah. and so I wiped that game off the table. I'm not sure how much I actually go back and look at that one. Yeah, their offensive rating is 112, which is 11th best in the country. So yeah, I think they're going to do a little bit better this time, but it is crazy. I mean, we, we just talked about how hard it is to predict. I don't know what the hell is going to happen because we all know we haven't seen any of these teams <laughs> in a long time. So it's like, I'm really excited to see. I think the way I've been looking about it this year is just like, okay, these two players are playing. I'm excited to see that matchup. Whatever else happens, I think it'll be good, but I want to see those two. Um, but I know I said how hard it was to predict. Let's end the segment really quick with a prediction. Uh, I'll let you take the first one. Who do you want? Who do you think is going to win? I'm giving it to Oregon. I think that they, okay. the fact that they got that kind of close, scrappy game in um, just a couple days ago is going to actually help them. And they're at home and, you know, like they just have a hot, they expect, they expect a lot from themselves, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Uh, I'm going to go with Arizona, not just to not just to disagree with you, uh, but because I think it's going to be close. And I trust I trust McDonald in the clutch more than I trust anyone in Oregon. OK, that that uh, will do it on college basketball for the day. And just like the point of everything we just talked about for the last like 25 minutes, get to a TV tonight, have it on one of these games, grab another screen, your phone, your iPad, your computer, whatever you have. And watch the other game on it. That's that's the whole point of everything we just talked about, right, Amy? Yes, Coach. <laughs> yes, yes. That Coach Gabe giving you guys good advice. Okay, we'll be right back to talk about M- the WNBA free agency and Crystal Langhorn in just a second. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can bet on a lot of politics stuff, which is fun but depressing. Uh, Real time. Updated odds and props are on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets online. It's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a $50 welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On. Make sure you use that promo code Locked On to make sure you know who you came from us. And for your 50% welcome bonus, BetOnline, your online sports booking experts. And... We also want to tell you about, uh, well, Amy's favorite sponsor, certainly on this show, Built Bar. Yes, Built sir. Bar. Yes, sir. Making the best tasting protein bar ever. They also make, uh, what would you call their powder? That I, have, I still have not tried it. I eat the protein bars pretty frequently, but what's the powder? Yeah, it's an immunity boost. It's like a powder. You put like a bottle of water or something. They taste amazing. I think I had the apricot pineapple one today. Mm. Uh, so good. Why wouldn't you want the extra little vitamins right around now? Come on, Gabe. Start pumping those in. Everyone needs the vitamins pretty much at all times, but especially right now. Because remember, if you were if you live where we live, well, I live in D.C. Amy lives near Toronto. So 
it's cold. That means mm-hmm. you're not getting outside. That means you're going to need some more vitamins that you would usually get from going outside and being in the sun. And also, built bars are, are really healthy. They're great for the health conscious guy gal looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Uh, their bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. And they taste really good. And we're not just saying that because they pay us. We're saying that because they sent it to us and we got to eat a bunch of them and they are very tasty. So that uh, you can you can go to their website, builtbar.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You get 20% off your next order. Use that promo code LOCKDOWN to make sure that they know you came from us and to get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. Welcome to the last segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball. Reminder, you can follow the show at Locked On WBB on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. Um, and now we're going to move over to talking about the WNBA. Obviously, free agency is still going on. A lot, of, Most of the big players have ended up in the teams they're going to be on. Um, I've been covering it a lot on my Twitter account and, I, and on Her Hoop Stats. But the big news of today uh, is that Crystal Langhorn is retiring at the age of 34 from the Seattle Storm. She's actually joined the Storm's front office as the director of community engagement um, after 13 years. 13 years in the league. Um, Crystal, she's played the lot since 2014 at the Seattle Storm. She started with her career with the Mystics. Um, she's won the Most Improved Player Award, two-time All-Star, two-time WNBA champion, NCAA champion with Maryland, ACC Player of the Year. Amy, you got to play um, at least against against her, your team, against her team. Uh, is this, you missed a game, though, against her? Was that, was that a... Yeah, the year after they won the the national championship, like we weren't good. We were gonna, we were probably gonna eat our butts kicked. This was not like this year. The number one yeah. was the number one. Uh, unfortunately, I couldn't play in that game. Um, I was banged up. But um, Crystal Langhorn is was at least now that she's officially retired, was a phenomenal basketball player. I mean, yes. so strong, literally physically, so strong, so crafty. Um, I've always been an a big fan of just watching her on the court, finding her success, you know, don't forget 2017, not that long ago, shot 65% from the field, mm-hmm. you know, holds the single season high record uh, for Seattle. And, and what I love to, I mean, you know, you look at her Maryland records, I think she was the at least upon graduation, probably still holds it led all of men's and women's in career rebounding at Maryland um, was the leading scorer and rebounder when she graduated out of Maryland, a national championship level program. I mean, fantastic. Uh, but then you say 13 seasons, you know, you know, you're good when you, over 13 seasons, you've played for two franchises, like you yeah. weren't moved, you weren't traded. Also, like, to me, that means to you, like, you had to really like where you were. Like she was, mm-hmm. she was a very high level pr- player. And, you know, at times you feel that she probably could have wrote her ticket if she really wanted to leave. Right. And just loved Washington. You said she drafted in 2008, number six, stayed there for what was it? Five seasons, I think till 2013. Yeah. Moved over to Seattle. But then don't forget to, and, and this is what we always don't forget, but I think we need to continue to push this type of conversation she also played in Hungary, China, Spain, mm-hmm. Slovakia, Turkey, Russia, Lithuania. 13 seasons, not too much of an offseason. My gosh. You know, and yeah. just to be able to sustain that level of um, of high, high, high level and, and just competing. 
uh, really, I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that and this is what, like, you really want these young girls to really understand. Like mm-hmm. you can have a life, you can have a really good life. You know, she's incredibly talented, probably worked her tail off for how many years. Um, but it's certainly, I think if you ask, she'd say that she, she's okay. Like, you know, she's in a great place, right. Going into the community develop, like, you know, she's been in Seattle long yeah. enough now, or like, you know, you, she obviously loves the community. <laughs> she ain't taking that job, you know? Yeah. And so I think it's great. I think it's great for the league. I think it's great for her. And, um, but I don't, I'm glad we're talking about this. This is not a player. You just want to say like, clap your hands to and move on. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we just take a second to just acknowledge what this woman was able to do for the game. She, so I, I actually did not know this until I was looking at a Wikipedia page there. Um, she is the first Maryland player to have her Jersey raised to the rafters while she was still active. Still, yes. She, during her last regular season game, they raised her Jersey to the rafters. That's how freaking good Crystal yeah. Langhorn was. Um, and in, you know, she was a player too. I, I think we kind of, if you're kind of new to the sport, I'm new, I'm new to, I'm new to the WNBA. So you've seen her be on Seattle's bench and you think of her as, uh, you know, a Udonis Haslam role, right? Like the vet, the leader, the coach, the coach on the, on the bench. But when you go back to her time in DC, she was putting up 18 points and eight rebounds and two assists per game with one, with almost one and a half steals per game. That's an MVP season, man. Like that is a player who was really a, a a stalwart for DC became one for Seattle was a huge part of their success. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, having her move straight to the front office is not only great for her career, but I think it's great for the WNBA to have, you know, we're seeing players have their second acts within this league, right? Like that's special to me. And that's something that we've seen happen in the NBA for a long time. I really want to see that continue in the WNBA where we're having players, you know, Katie Smith is a coach now in the league. We have a lot of players that are going from being WNBA players to hopefully being WNBA executives and coaches so that we're not, we're keeping that basketball knowledge within the league and that's being passed down. And that's, what's really important um, to me with her move into the front office, but it just a great player. seems like a great person, right? Like you mentioned, like you don't stay, you don't stay in just two places over 13 years if people don't like you. So she's definitely a great person and someone that um, is, is very appreciated around the league. Hopefully we, she gets um, to be in a public role, with the with the team, I'm not entirely sure what director of community engagement means. I know they do a lot though, because there's not there's not there's not enough positions in the WNBA for someone to not do a lot of work. So I'm sure she's going to be busy, uh, which is great. But I'm really glad that we're keeping her in an organization so that that knowledge can be passed down. Agree. Uh, we don't really have a ton of time, but I did want to talk about one thing very quickly <laughs> because another thing that uh, I didn't realize before we, we started here was that Le- uh, Crystal Langhorn, when she moved, she was traded from the Mystics to the Storm in 2014. She was traded for Bria Hartley and Tiana Hawkins. And that's Ooh. what we wanted to talk about. Tiana yeah. Hawkins is signing with uh, the Atlanta Dream I will get her salary stats as soon as you start talking because I need to look that up. Yeah. But she, signed, she signed with the Atlanta Dream, leaving the Washington Mystics. Uh, she got, I think, starting at $140,000, getting a big payday for her. She deserves it. Uh, I got to cover her for a couple seasons in D.C. Great player, someone who, I mean, it, 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 it obviously you find a lot of players that people say nice things about. It was very, it was effusive with Tiana Hawkins. She was a big 
glue person for that organization. Now she's going to get paid in Atlanta. And um, I think she's going to fit really well on the court. What do you think of her fit on the court? Yeah, I think Atlanta's made some really good moves for them. Um, you know, I could be could be wrong, but mm-hmm. from what I see, I just think, you know, Nikki Collin doesn't necessarily like the six, seven. Um, she wants mobility, you know, and, and to me, like she's going to get these play Cheyenne Parker, Tiana Hawkins, assuming if Glory Johnson's still on the roster, like bigs, if you will, mm-hmm. but very strong can hit an outside shot, but my gosh, they can bang too. Yeah. And this is the style I think that they really, really, really want. Um, they want to get up and down. I think they do want to build around Carter, Kennedy Carter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, set monster screens for her. These are players that are not scared to get mean and set a screen. You know, get Shakina Strickland open. Go, go hunt a three-point shot for me. Well, it's not just the three-point shooter, right? And so I think they're getting these players that – that they want. Like, it's not just, Oh, we got to make some moves. It's like, like I, I do. I, again, I could totally be wrong, but I don't think so. I think that they're finding players that they, they really, really maybe had on their boards for destination um, before this free agency even started. And so I know, of course I, I have a bit more <laughs> of a, an ex, you know, my eyes on Atlanta a bit more, but I just think that they're making moves that cater to them so well, which is obviously the point for everybody's off season. I understand that. But sometimes, as you know, Gabe, you no. get in a position where you got to make a move and you do what you can do. Um, no, I think that these players on um, the last couple of weeks for Atlanta are, and they're, you know, experienced and ready to come in and roll. And uh, I think they're quietly kind of really like twiddling their thumbs to get on the court. Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight down low. Like, I don't know. Someone's going to have to not get minutes here, but they got some, they got some, (laughs) their front court is nasty. And they have scores in the back court as well. I mean, you know, obviously I think Atlanta has had talent, just hasn't quite come together over the past couple of years, mainly because of injury, because missed shots, because of those types of things. (laughs) I like their team. I'm with you and I hope they can, uh, they can put it together this season um, and, and make, and make a nice little playoff run. But that is all the time we have, as we have mentioned, uh, because there's just so much to talk about. There's so much uh, happening in women's basketball. It's really exciting time. So if you're a fan, remember to like take a breath and just enjoy all of the crazy stuff we get to talk about and, and how, how much this game is growing and how much, coverage is growing at this game because obviously the players deserve it. The coaches deserve it. Uh, and the former players deserve it. So last thing I'm going to leave with is saying congrats to Crystal Langhorn. If you don't know a lot about our story, try to look her up. I'll show you some profiles. If there's some profiles, I will tweet them out. So make sure you follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. Follow Amy on Twitter at Amy Audibert. You can follow the show on Twitter at locked on women's basketball, locked on WB. Sorry. And We'll be back next Monday where we'll assuredly be talking about whatever crazy stuff happened in this week of women's basketball. Y'all have an amazing time. Make sure you get those two screens ready for tonight.